This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning. These are not the dulcet tones of Franklin Proctor. Instead, it's me, Charlie Dobbin, with my special guest, Sean James. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Good to be back. Nice to see your smiling face. <laughs> and nice to see that yellow orb in the sky. It is, yes. I haven't sun, seen that. Uh, I think it is called, I, yes, I think. like that, yeah. Even the color of the sky is different. It's blue today. <laughs> well, at least there's a blanket, though. It is cold out there. So at it least is a blanket chilly. of snow to insulate things. It's kind of ugly snow here in the city. It's much prettier when you get outside the city. It's really white. <laughs> I was going to say, it was a beautiful drive-in. Yeah. Lovely, lovely and pure. Clean. Ooh, lovely. Or at least the illusion of clean. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, don't eat it. <laughs> Back when we were kids, we would eat snow, but not anymore. We're much smarter. <laughs> so Sean is here because Frank is, you know, as usual, basking in, on some big lawn chair, hanging out at the pool in Florida and uh, and having a good time. I hope the weather's working for him there. Hope it's, I'm sure it's warmer than it's here. It's warm, yeah. <laughs> Might not be super warm, but it's warmer than here. So, uh, and so Sean is here to, you know, answer all the questions so I can just have a, a break. But I do have a few <laughs> announcements. And before I do my announcements, Sean, would you like to do the phone numbers? Sure. Uh, if you're local, it's 416-360-0740. And if you're not, it's uh, 866-740-4740. Yeah. So give us a call. Ask us anything you want. We want hard questions, right? <clears throat> We're up for hard stuff. Challenges. Well, that's right. And so, Sean, you're doing some work teaching right now and traveling, doing speaking engagements. I am, yep. I'm off to Winnipeg next week, and mm. I'm very excited about that. I actually think it's a beautiful city, some great art deco architecture. And, and some new museums. That's true. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Canadian Museum of Human Rights. Yeah. And in the summertime, there's all sorts of prairie museums as well with plants and all oh. right in the city. Really? Uh, yeah, it's quite lovely, actually. I'm a big fan. Of Winnipeg. Yeah. So if you had to choose your best, next best place to Milton, it would it be Winnipeg in Canada? It would probably be my third. Okay. Yeah. What's yeah. your second? <laughs> Vancouver or oh, Nova right. Scotia. I know. I tell you, every time I go to British Columbia, I go, why would I have not lived here? Like, why would I ever go back to Ontario? Like, it's pretty hard to it's go anywhere hard. in it's BC hard, and yeah. not say, this is pretty well, gorgeous. It's, it's, it's North American Hort Mecca, really. Mm-hmm. It's, and you go there in the, in the what is here, horrible February, and there you see camellias. It's and the daffodils are blooming. I, I go to my friend's house, and, and they've got fuchsias. And I when did you plant that? About 10 years ago. I hate you. <laughs> I know. It's true. (laughs) Palm trees, bananas. All right. So we've got the numbers. Give us a call because, again, we would love to hear from you, hear what's going on. I have a few announcements. So today being February the 8th, you can still join the Agent Court Garden Club this Monday, February the 10th. They're meeting at 8 p.m. They're going to be listening to a speaker named Maureen Hulbert speaking on fascinating flora from coast to coast. 
light refreshments, lots of coffee and tea and desserts at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at Shepherd in Toronto. And they're a pretty fun group. So if you're in the agent court area, don't feel that you need to be an expert. These are groups that love novices. You'll find some experts with, you know, expertise within the group, but lots and lots of sharing, lots of learning opportunities. Uh, the next day, Tuesday, February the 11th, the Pickering Garden and Hort Society will be meeting at 7.30 p.m. in the Pickering Recreation Centre, which is now called the Chestnut Hills. It's at 1867 Valley Farm Road in Pickering. Matthew Dressing is going to discuss cannabis, the history, cultivation, and harvesting. So there's that sounds like fun. Uh, also this week, Wednesday. So we got Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday here in Toronto. The Riverdale Hort Society is meeting, uh, and they always meet at the Frankland Community Center. Okay, now I do my frantic shuffle through my papers. I believe they meet at seven thirty. Frankland Community Center. I don't have it. They're another fun group too. They are I've an amazing group. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So the Frankland is just. Um, so the Danforth, and I'm going to have to double-check the address because I don't have it with me. I think they meet at 7.30. Their speaker is Paul Oliver, and he is speaking on helping birds survive winter. Awesome. Yeah, Paul Oliver has been on my show. Has he? He has, has he? yes. He runs one of those stores, like a bird okay. store. Yeah. So it's a meeting and a flower show going on there. And, um, and other than that, there's something going on in Blenheim. Oh, I lost my piece of paper. Ah, yes, here we are. It's okay. I'm organized. As I said to, as I said to Sean, I've been living on my car the last few days, so I'm a little scattered. And there's a CD Saturday going on the Niagara South CD Saturday as well. This is happening today, today. In fact, yeah. it's it's the time of year. Yeah. There are Saturdays. I was going to be there. Or I was going to be here. And, and here I'm I am. so happy you're here. It's way more fun that you're here. <laughs> okay, my last one is coming up on Monday, February seventeenth. So a week this Monday, the Blenheim Hort Society is inviting you to their first garden meeting of 2020. Their speaker and gardening expert. Expert is Terry Dent, taking you on a journey through the fascinating life of garden bulbs. They meet at the Trinity Anglican Church, Lower Meeting Room, 59 Ellen Street in Blenheim at 7.30 p.m. We need to go for our very first break. We will be right back because we're not going anywhere. And uh, Sean's also going to talk a bit about what's going on today at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Absolutely. Back in a flash. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. We're just giggling because I I mentioned to Sean that since Frank always takes the bell on holidays with him, if we have any first-time callers, which we're always very excited to have, Sean's got to be the bell. I need an app app on my phone or something. (laughs) Your phone should be on silent, I hope. All right. We have a caller. Obviously not a first-time caller. You're in luck. It's Lorraine calling from Cambridge. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi. Hi there. Um, I have, well, it's on my neighbor's property where we, we you know, run a division sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But they don't mind what I do. They don't take care of stuff. Anyhow, it's an upright, like a standard, I think it's called, like an umbrella. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's really wild. It's just gone all over the place, up and down and sideways, <laughs> and it's branching out. And um, I was wondering <laughs> if I pollarded it. I have a book that says how to do that. Would that make it what I could then, from then, go and try to make it the right shape? Okay, let's just clarify. Does it bloom with yellow flowers in the early spring? Yes. Before there's any leaves? Yes. Okay, so that definitely sounds like a forsythia. So give us a rough idea. How wide is it now and how, how tall is it? about um, eight feet tall, like with all the branches that go out, mm-hmm. but the stem is, would, would be about six, seven feet. And it's, it's a, like a naked stem? 
Yes. And then a bunch of branches on the top. Yes. That's unusual. You don't see standard forsythia that well, often. Like weeping oh. pea shrub blooms That's... early with yellow flowers and is often seen as a standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stems aren't green, right? Stem, the bran- yeah, the branches, the bark. The trunk, the stems, everything isn't bright green? I'm not sure. I okay. can't really look at it that close. Does it actually weep to the branches uh, head down to the ground or do they go straight out? It would either yes, way. They, they, grow d- they grow down, but now they're growing all over which way. Oh, maybe it is a caragana. Well... Charlie, you've got a, a good suggestion about forcing branches, and then mm-hmm. I would have an alternate, which, well, in addition to that, okay. I would... Here's what I'm yeah, going to say first it. off, and you could do this today, because it's a sunny day. Go out there with your sharp pruners and take a look. There's going to be a, quite a lot of material coming off of that plant, as much as 30% eventually. Today, though, you where you see some nice straight stems, um, two to three feet long, cut them off, uh, make sure, generally speaking, it could be any of them, and take them in the house. And actually, there's you can do a few things like bruising those stems with a hammer. Oh, and then actually have blooms. Stick them in the vase exactly, yeah. and enjoy some beautiful blooms in the house. So that force them to to bloom, and they'll be blooming in the next week to ten days in your nice warm temperatures in your house. But to really fix that plant as much as you can and make it look less wild, Sean's got a suggestion. Well, I, 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 I was picturing a forsythia that was growing from the ground, and we were going to talk about coppicing, which is a really aggressive rejuvenation process. But I would just, because it's a standard, I would just do standard pruning, which like typical pruning, which is the 3Ds, dead, diseased, and damaged, and interfering wood. You're not going to want to take more than about a third off of it if it's, yeah, at a time. It may take a couple of years to get it back in shape. And I think of pruning as guiding. So I'll take back to, I don't leave stubs. I'll take back to a nice side branch that points in the direction that I want it to. Um, If there's a couple of buds, I might even rub one of the buds off so that it directs the growth in the other direction. Um, And that's, that's, you know, how you can get it looking a little more orderly. That's right. And you're guiding the next growth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so much of, of aggressively pushing the plant to do what I want is come on buddy let's go over here yeah which is what pollarding is pollarding is where you cut it right back right. and make it just a, a little trunk with a little stub sticking and people do that to carrigan all the I time i have a willow a peach leaf willow, willow that i love because it's good for the birds but i i pollard it every year back to exactly where i did it to last time still following the growth collars and it's been tolerating that for for 15 years and it looks great and so, so every year do it. it grows about a meter right? oh goodness or no more, much more than that meters. oh yeah about three meters it's, it's a willow willow <laughs> Okay. Good, okay. That's wonderful. Thanks very much. Hope that helps. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Look, I see we have some first-time callers coming, but let's just check in first with Ellen in Brantford. Good morning. Yeah. Morning. What's going on? Well, last fall, we cut down, my neighbor and I cut down lilacs. They were about 20 feet tall, and they were so big they were pushing his fence over. Oh, yeah. So we cut them level with his fence. So now they're about probably eight feet high, but we just lopped them off. And I I don't think you're supposed to do that. I realize (laughs) we won't have any blooms this year. But is there something about taking out the little twiggly sucker plants that are in front of the big um, Judiciously. Right. So, okay. So there's two things here. One, actually, what you, I think what you want to do is you want to get out that big old trunk and you want to let the new stuff grow and you want to start rejuvenate the whole plant again. But that's really hard to pull off. Well, and it depends on if it's a really special cultivar, a really special variety too. Then you might it might be grafted right. on something, so, but, it's, but probably if not if it's an old feet. one like that. Yeah, um, it's a it's a t- traditional. I would aim to cut one of those big branches out entirely and take other ones back to side 
branches that point in the right direction. Um, now, what, what time of year did you do it? We the did fall. it uh, probably in November. Okay. Um, so you're going to not have great new have growth. Ideally, you want to do that sort of thing in the early spring. Yeah, sorry, what were you saying, Ellen? Uh, I have about a 20-foot-long hedge of lilacs. It's not just one plant. Right. Oh, my. So you're, uh, if I understand correctly, the big um, two- or three-inch diameter trunks, I should cut those right out? If you can. The about pro- a third of them. Yeah, the problem with when you get in there with a saw is you end up doing a lot of damage to the new little small branches that are growing up around and typically right from the gr- from the ground, like suckers from the root, mm-hmm. are growing up. And that's what happens with lilacs. They, they tend to colonize and take over spaces. So, yes, if you can get in there and take out some of those bigger, older stumps as low to the ground as possible, do so. Make sure you're cutting on a slight angle so it's not a flat cut, so you're not catching water on top of that, those cut uh, stumps and allow a lot of that young growth to come up. And then as the season continues, you're going to want to thin that out a bit as well. Yeah, I'd leave oh. about a third of the, the best ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, They're saying now great. it doesn't matter if it's flat or on an angle anymore. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, I'm not talking about extreme angle, but just a slight yeah. angle. I just logically, common sense tells you water's going to sit on it mm-hmm. if it's a completely flat cut, rain, etc. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, and what you're trying to do there is you're taking old lilacs, you're trying to rejuvenate them so that you've got flowers in the future down at nose height and a good-looking shrub between the two neighbors. That's really the important thing is the nose height. What's the point of the flowers if they're way 20 there? feet. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants <Right>. that. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. That's great. Bye-bye. All right, we unfortunately, very quickly, we're going to leave, but come back, though we're not really leaving. So stay with us. We'll be right back. We've got more callers, a couple of first-time callers as well. Back in a flash. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right. First time caller, Sean. You ready with the bell? I am. Okay. We've got Jack calling from Niagara County. Good morning. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the show, Jack. Hear me? That's you. You're on the air. I'm calling from Lockport, New York, Niagara County. Oh, Lockport, New York. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, Niagara County, not Niagara. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We wondered. Wondered about that. Nice. Well, welcome so, uh, to the show. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. What's going I, uh, on? I l- listen to a lot of the uh, old-time radio shows at 10 o'clock, and I have to have my that station on. I turn on Saturday morning and heard your program and uh, interested. And so I thought I'd follow the uh, difficulty, uh, a difficulty, difficulty I'm having with my iris garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a number of irises, and the last few years I noticed there's been a lot of leaves but not too many flowers, and I'm wondering what maybe I could do. Uh, maybe I, something I should be doing in the fall is preparation, or yep, there is. what maybe I could do. How many okay. years ago did you plant all those irises? Oh, they've been in now uh, uh, at least 10 years. There you go. And have we still got lots of sun, at least six hours of sun hitting them every day? Uh, yes. Excellent. And are, I assume they're bearded irises, they're, so they're growing from rhizomes? Okay, no, no bearded, no. No. Are they Siberian iris? Do you know what kind they are? Uh, really, I don't know, sir. Okay. What color are like blues and yellows and whites? I do have a lot of yellows. Yeah, a lot of yellows and, and some uh, some blues. And how, are they tall ones, like knee height or shorter? Uh, they're the tall ones. Okay, oh, beautiful. And broad bluish leaves. Yeah. yeah, I do have a shorter one, like a couple feet, and then I have some taller ones uh, nice. taller than that. 
Beautiful. I love irises, and they are so easy to grow if you've got a well-drained soil and lots of sun. The one thing you have to do every three to four years is dig them up and divide them and separate them because they get too crowded and they stop flowering. Okay. Maybe I think it's a problem because there's so many plants, so many uh, uh, leaves that come up. And they, and I do know they multiply, and, and like so I'm getting the leaves and, and the flowers, not so much. It's right. a lot of work, but it's worth doing because they're so beautiful when they bloom. Yeah. And actually, I like the foliage. If you mm-hmm. if you cut them down in the fall in August uh, to a six-inch fan, then you don't get as much of that iris leaf spot. And then the foliage can be a beautiful contrast to other things yeah. like some of the sun-tolerant coral bells and so on. Yeah, the real vertical, strong mm-hmm. vertical leaves. So what you'll need to do this next season is enjoy whatever flowers you get in June and July. In August, okay. on a nice and dry day, um, make sure that the plants are, the soil is moist before you get in there because it'll be easier. So if it hasn't been raining, do some watering in advance. Then you need a digging fork and you go in there with your fork and you're going to just literally, uh, you know, heal in that fork and lift those rhizomes up out of the ground, trying to okay. not puncture the underground growth. Some damage will occur just through breakage, et cetera, as you're lifting. So have a sharp knife handy so you can make clean cuts so you don't have any broken raw ends and then you might just be expanding your garden or finding some friends to donate some irises to or just pick the best of the best yeah and then feel bad if they break because you got tons yeah that's right so compost the ones you're gonna not keep Um, make sure that you've got some nice preferably some good quality compost to add into your existing soil just to add a little nutrient add some organic matter and then you're replanting the irises and it'll sort of be uh, almost an hourglass shape this year's growth, last year's growth, and so on. You want to cut away most of that so that you're just leaving a couple of those hourglass parts on it, or one or two of those. So you're getting rid of all the old stuff and all the old rotten ones. And watch out for rotten, rotten. Um, Iris uh, rot is horrible stuff, and that's spread by iris borer, which is a creepy little caterpillar, not a little... It's pink. Have you ever seen Uh, them when they grow up? They're quite... I know. They're not not so bad when they're little. (laughs) They get big (laughs) and really ugly. So, yeah, watch for anything mushy when you're doing that digging. Anything mushy is into the garbage, off the property, into the burn pile, whatever. It'll stink, too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the mush is not nice. Take what I uh, get this year and then prepare for next year. Like, yeah. And you'll lose the flowers for a year. Yeah. Uh, almost always. Okay. Yeah. But still, you're okay. going to have a whole rejuvenated bed that you're going to make that all happen next August. And then in 2021, you're going to have such a show. You're going to be phoning us and saying, oh, my God, I'm so glad I did that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. Let's take a moment and have you tell us a bit about what's going on at Toronto Botanical Gardens today and tomorrow. There is a lovely, it's it's just magical, actually. If you go to the Toronto Botanic Gardens, the Southern Ontario Orchid Society has their orchid show and sale today. And you and I went last year Mm -hmm. and it was just overwhelming. Was it last year or the year before? I have no grip on time. Okay. Let's pretend it was last year. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> it's an annual event. <laughs> uh, and it's I, like for photography, so many beautiful orchids there. To buy orchids, the the range. And they're not scary plants. Everybody's terrified of orchids. And, and I, I pay my plants no attention. And the orchids that I got there last year are doing beautifully well. Yeah. I've had one of them flower and the other one I'm all excited. It'll do its thing soon, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really an amazing show. And it's uh, uh, $12 for admission. Um, if you're not a member of the TBG, and you should be, right. get a membership at the TBG. That's only it's a 20 bucks place. for yeah. the whole year. Um, but if you're not, then you have to pay for parking. So there's that to remember, which is another good reason to get a membership. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, 30,000 different species of orchids will be there uh, on display and sale. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. The displays are great. Oh I mean, goodness, so much effort goes into, and some of the displays are, are put together by orchid collectors or orchid um um, retailers. Others are put together by societies, like the Montreal Botanical Gardens typically shows up and does a massive orchid display. And imagine that, like loading up incredible. vans with flowering orchids and all your accoutrements and your glue guns and your mosses and then driving from Montreal to Toronto, typically in a snowstorm, and then building all this. It's, it's absolutely worth It's it great. Time. It's it really fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It smells good. And, and you know, shop till you drop. Lots to buy and lots of expertise. So if you've got questions or you mm-hmm. I mean I bought pots some orchid pots very yep. special yep. I bought Mix. some orchid media so yeah this is the kind of thing that you just don't find at your local garden center oh, goodness no but yeah and really healthy plants too yeah yeah, yeah. and th- and actually following this orchid show there's one at Royal Botanical Gardens I believe in two weeks I think which so. I will I'd have to double check up, yeah. but yeah so um just you know good to know uh, so thank you for that and Absolutely. unfortunately you and I won't be going this this year hopefully next year we can make yes it. I thought so good put plan. it on the calendar now now. <laughs> All right, why don't you do the phone numbers and sure. then we will chit chat with Mike who's calling us from Hamilton. If you are local, it's 416-360-0740 and if it's uh if you're calling in toll free, it's 866-740-4740. There you go. And Mike is on the line from Hamilton. Good morning, Mike. Are you there? Hello, Mike. Are we Mikeless? Oh, <laughs> Mikeless. I like it. Mike doesn't have a mic. All right, so we don't have a mic. So you heard those numbers. We have open lines. Please give... Mike, you there? No? No. I'm not getting Mike. Um, All right, so what else is going on? I see you've got your new copy of the uh, Ontario Landscape Tree Planting Guide there. Right. That's a very good point when the camera comes to me because the camera's on you. There we go. The camera's on you. Bang the mic. Anyway, you can see it. There it is. This is available online. Uh, it's also available as printed format, which you brought to me. It sort of isn't. It's available online for download. If you just search Ontario Landscape Tree Planting Guide, you can get it and download it. Only special people like you. I was going to say, and there was this guide was created by a committee of very talented people, and I noticed that you're one of them. I am, and and Landscape Ontario worked with the Vineland Research and Innovation Centre, Darby McGrath and her team. Uh, So it's the real latest science on how to properly plant trees. If you see people planting trees in mulch volcanoes and and staking them with wire and hose. Stop them! (laughs) There's diagrams in there about how to do it right and all the reasons as to why site assessment, everything is in there. So So that's super exciting. So, you know, this is a huge deal for me because I have this almost two-acre lot with not a tree on it, really. (laughs) Not many trees. Really cool trees in the the outground, though. You've got shagbark hickories and junipers, really nice. I have a beautiful view to the back and I have foxes loping by and um, what else have I seen? Uh, well, coyotes, lots of coyotes. But I haven't seen deer. I've seen deer tracks. Mm-hmm. But so it's it's kind of beautiful. But I do need some. Um, flora closer to the house. I learned something really neat about coyotes the other day. Coyotes can do something really creepy if you don't know what they're doing, yeah. which is to lope along beside you and watch you. Follow and it, it freaks you, you out. Yeah. It's called escorting. Uh-huh. And basically what they're doing is saying, I'm just keeping track of you till you get out of my world. My territory. Yeah, that's all they're doing. And that's really cool. It's, and, it's super intelligent. People probably panic a bit. That's, it's unnerving. It's yeah. like being followed by a barracuda when you're snorkeling <laughs> the and they're just curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to sniff you. Yeah. <laughs> but how often do you see a single coyote? I mean, really? Oh, frequently. 
Yeah. All the time. The last time I saw a coyote was a single coyote. Almost always I see single coyotes. You hear them run in packs at night. Right. When they're, you know, but during the day when you see them or yeah. early evening, they yes. tend to be ice- solitary. Solitary. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I remember my daughter one night coming home and saying, oh, there's a coyote sitting out on the road. And this is in Richmond Hill. So, you know, just a single one sitting. They're just sitting there watching oh, everything. Yeah. And generally, uh, all you got to do is not be silly. You Puff up, look like you mean it. And Be tall. most animals will get out of the way. I, I pulled into a parking lot the other day and there were geese wandering across the road and blocking traffic. Mm. So I got out of my car and did my jacket and I went, Phew, and opened they up moved both fast. things and they, they were gone. Yeah. And everybody looked at me like, he's magic. No, no, no. Yeah. got to know how animals react. Because they go so yeah. slow otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's waiting. Well, yeah, Come they, on, the geese, movie, move um, along. Uh, Fern Gully, uh, Robin Williams. Puff yeah. up, puff up. They hate that. <laughs> That's good. That's good advice, actually. Because how many times have you been sitting in traffic going, what are we waiting for? And it's these geese. They're plodding along one step at a time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I would love if, because we still have available lines. The other thing that we've got up and running, but I'm like this real oh, quick, yes. uh, is the new Grow Me Instead guide is online and a lot more information. So if you're uh, it's concerned new, about... It's a new revised version. It is, yeah. If okay. you're concerned about invasive species or planting better alternatives, right. again, search Grow Me Instead Ontario. Grow There's a northern me version. instead. So Grow Me Instead Ontario. Periwinkle comes to mind. Uh, yep. Commonly used as a shade uh, ground cover, mm-hmm. easy to grow, but then people kick themselves later because it tends takes to be over the world. a bit it of a takeover. It doesn't show too well. And yes. it's not from here, so it doesn't do any good, as it were. Right. So there might be other examples in there, like uh, the native strawberries, from, mm. which are great for thing, uh, all sorts of things. That's um, sunny, though. Periwinkle grows in the shade. Strawberries grow in the shade, too. Do Believe they? it or not. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, now you've said, and that, now I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. You um, were going to say. <laughs> uh, Nick Nick. Oh, violets. Yeah, believe. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Here's I planted I want, one of those here's ones. Here's why I want you to plant. <laughs> Wild violets. I'm listening. Because there's a, thank you, there's a spectacular butterfly called a great spangled fritillary, and all the fritillaries only feed on violets. So really? by planting violets, or even not planting them, just allowing them to grow where they grow, you're supporting this beautiful big orange butterfly that has silver spots on its hind wings. They're an obligate feeder. Okay, so, so it's the, I like it. So it, that's the caterpillar that eats the yes. violet? As opposed to the yes. actual. Oh, okay. But they're way down at ground level. They could get stepped on. Okay. That's not that our matter. problem. That's weird. I'm just trying to support the cat. I, like I said, I planted a violet once, yes. and at this point, they're pretty much taken over all of it's Richmond a great Hill. Ground cover. It's okay, but that's what periwinkle's <laughs> supposed to do, right? No, I'm talking violet. I know. Oh, so violets are from here and uh, do that. They are. So while they do the job that you wanted the periwinkle to do, then this does that job, but also supports biodiversity. True. And what, what's kind of neat about violets is that you they're very hard to eliminate, and they actually... Just have seeds up at the surface, but they have seeds below ground, that too. So that's, that's some of them soft pollinate, so some of them cross-pollinate. And you were right about the kinikinik, uh, a.k.a. Bar, uh, bearberry. Mm-hmm. And you are also right about the gutharia, uh, which is um, uh, uh, wintergreen, right. um, uh, which is also great for birds. I've watched yes. waxwings eating uh, wintergreen berries. Bears. little hard to establish. You need the right... Real Patience. organic soil. A lot of the stuff, to be honest, yeah. and I think honesty is important in a situation like that. It's it's going to be a little slower. It's going to mm-hmm. be a little more careful uh, to get these things to establish. So, but if you search Grow Me in Stout Ontario, yeah. they'll say here's a plant that we'd really rather you didn't plant. Very Canadian. Yeah. We're not telling you what to do. We're just sort of <laughs> please. Here's some better options that you can look at. Which yeah, is very which cool. a lot of people need, right? Yeah. Because it does get boring seeing the same plants all the time. Sure. Well, and also um, I was part of an industry meeting yesterday, and we were talking about the new 
new box tree moth, which is worth it yes. for folks to look up so they can let uh, the Ministry of Food and Agriculture know if they yes, see them right yeah. away. That's on the um, box wood. Uh, yes. And uh, versatility... Uh, ver- Variety equals resilience. The, the, if we plant periwinkle everywhere, something's going to come along and cause a problem. We plant boxwood too much, something's here causing a problem. So looking at alternatives is important. Uh, even I'm not saying boxwood is invasive, but no. we plant too much of it and we need to look at other things. And there's a holly that we're recommending yes, instead of boxwood. Yes, inkberry holly. Inkberry holly is lovely. Yeah. And there's, there's dwarf cultivars of it um, like shamrock and compressa that are wonderful and, and really good alternatives. And again, native. Yeah, yeah. So, and not susceptible to salt like boxwood is. Oh, is that right? Hmm? Boxwood is practically allergic to salt. I know. And yet we put it right by the driveway and the Every sidewalk time. all the time. Yeah. So, But Ilex doesn't respond to salt the same way. It's more not, tolerant. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, uh, boxwood's practically allergic. Yeah. So m- not much would be as susceptible. Anything's right. better. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> so. Well, you bring up native plants, and that just leads me to say quickly before we just go to a, mm-hmm. our, a break that next week, Sean Patil will be joining oh, us here. Oh, very good. He's great. Uh, he's great. And he's also a bit of a, na- a native plant specialist, as you are. And he now... <laughs> works for the city of Toronto, so he'll be giving us some background on what he's doing and what he's up to and telling us some of the things he's very much in love with. And, and I love that. Uh, plant this instead. That's a good one. What, what's the... The Grow Me Instead. Grow Me Instead. Grow Me Instead. So Grow yeah. Me Instead. Write this down uh, as a good website to Google and the uh, Ontario Landscape Tree Planting Guide. Excellent, excellent resources. Brand spanking new. Spring is in the air. It is. We'll be back in a minute. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. That's Charlie Dobbin and Sean James today. I love that theme. Yeah, it's I, fine, it's, eh? It's lovely. They, I, I posted a song about Aspidistra on my Facebook page today, <laughs> which is from like the 20s, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I don't know, makes you just want to dance. <laughs> it does. It's great. Okay, we've got some callers. We've got Ellen giving us a ring from Brantford. Good morning, Ellen. Yeah, hi. Um, I just wanted to ask about trees. Mm-hmm. I had, um, my house is elevated, and behind my fence line, my neighbor, previous neighbor, had planted about eight white pines maybe 30 or 40 years ago and they were absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. well she went into a retirement home and the people that bought the house who are going to fix and flip it cut down all the trees Ugh. oh i know and it's just awful so now i want to put something i'm thinking of having um, a truckload of earth brought in and putting some berms at the back of my property to raise it higher mm-hmm. and then putting some trees on top so they'd already be three or four feet higher when I plant them. Does that sound like a good idea? It does. If if oh, we okay. already know that uh, white pines do well there, there's a, a one out there called Stowe Pillar, and it's narrow and upright and very tight, and upright plants grow faster up. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't use all of them. I'd use three of this and three of that and three of something else, so maybe three uh, green pillar plants. Uh, Pin oaks, and then maybe something else, uh, green and upright, evergreen and upright. Um, or how tall do you want them to be? Probably the taller the better? Or Well, the taller the better, but I'd like to see them get to about 20 feet anyway. There is a rainbow pillar. <laughs> I'm sure you're sensing a theme here. There's a, there's a <laughs> rainbow pillar uh, serviceberry. 
that is quite lovely. Oh. And and those, as you may have noticed, those are also all uh, cultivars of native species, yeah. yeah, or nativars. And so they're going to do the job that you want them to do. They're going to do it faster because they're going to focus their growth upright, but they're also going to do good for the environment and be tolerant of local conditions and soil types. Yeah, yeah and things like service berry are going to support pollinators, give you flowers, fall color, and birds, yeah. obviously. The evergreen is going to provide some shelter, again, for birds and yeah. little animals. So that's a rainbow pillar service berry. Mm -hmm. And a stowe, S-T-O-W-E, pillar white pine, and a green pillar pin oak. (laughs) Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, and I'd put them in three, three, and three. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again. How wide is your property, roughly? Uh, It's 100 feet wide. Okay, and so just make sure you don't have these too tight together, because even though they will grow as pillars, they're still each going to be... What do you figure, three meters wide, as much as 10 feet wide eventually? Uh, well, in a very, very, very long run. Okay. Um, these are these are all pretty narrow. Um, they're going to be... Still plant them 10 feet apart, wouldn't you? Or would you plant them closer? I plant them about seven feet mm-hmm. apart. Seven to 10, okay. uh, depending on, like, that's the number Preferably that I would use. Preferably in a triangle, not straight out. lines. That's correct, yeah. 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 It looks more natural. Straight lines exactly looks yeah, very artificial. Not a big fan. Yeah, me neither. Oh, that sounds great. There Thank you go. You Thank you, Sean. There's your design done. The bill <laughs> will be in the mail. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Oh, that's great. That was really good. Right off the top. Smart. <laughs> Oof. I like this I've been guy. thinking about it a lot lately. Uh, and, yeah. and if you drive through sort of the 80s part of Oakville, mm-hmm. when the leaves are off the trees still, you'll mm-hmm. see all these um, uh, English oaks. And they loft above the landscape. I'm like, I knew it. I knew they grew faster upright. Yeah. It, it's incredible how much faster. Like they're double the height. Oh. So because it's all focused Stri- up. up. Vertical yeah. growth. So if you want to screen your neighbor, I like my neighbor, but we don't need to see each other but all the time. But those white columnar oaks, yeah, they get they're, huge. They're, they're massive, yeah. Like, these, they're these not, not be... seven feet wide. They're like 20 feet wide oh, or yeah, more. No, we, we, I think we underestimate. It's like uh, There's other so-called yeah. columnar trees that get yeah. really fat. I want to try yeah. a monumental uh, sugar maple, which is about three oh. feet wide forever and ever and ever. Oh, wow. Super narrow. Nice in an urban or tight yeah, situation. Exactly, yeah. I can't, an that exclamation point in wouldn't the do much good for me. No. I, I have be, too much room. <laughs> unless, like... As yeah, a, as a structural, sculptural yeah. piece. Yeah, like a yeah. driveway sort of thing. And yeah, whatever. Oh, cool. I like it. I'm going to have Sean out to my place again. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see what's going on in Cambridge. We've got Aldina on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Aldina. Are you there? Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Sean. Hello. How are you doing? Yes, hi. I'm, I'm well. I'm calling in regards to um, tulip bulbs that I have in the fridge since the fall. Aww. Yeah, my daughter-in-law, um, I bought them for uh, gifts for a shower. So uh, what I did was I, she had asked about doing uh, for science, like um, uh, what do you call it, a little greenhouse experiment or something. Mm-hmm. So I'd save them for her, but I haven't had a chance to give them to her. I think she wanted to do it this month anyway. What, what could become of them if she was to try something like if a little greenhouse? So when do you think they went in the fridge? When did they go in the fridge? Yeah. Um, in the fall. So are they just in a paper bag or what are they uh, in? Yeah, they're in, um, I think it's um, yeah, with holes, something with holes, I think. So yeah, so the package had plastic bag with holes. It's plastic and, then, and it has, I think, a little bit of air, you know, to get a little air in. Yeah. And then is that in a paper bag? Like, are they in the dark right now? Or are they in? No, they're in the fridge. So they, they get light. They're not in the dark. So you know what you should do is look at them. Uh, take that bag out of the fridge, see what's going on. If I they, noticed, yeah, I the them just the other day. I yeah. noticed some of them are sprouting. Yes, they are. And there should be roots growing as well. Do you see roots? That's a good thing. Uh, 
I, okay. I don't think there's roots, no. Okay, so here's your job. you got to do it today. <laughs> get a nice clean pot or two, plastic pot, with drainage holes. Get yourself some nice, fresh, sterile potting soil or a soilless mix. Maybe even cactus soil, so it drains well. Yeah, okay. a well-drained soil. So yeah. you could even, if you find cactus soil in your travels, get that one. Moisten it before you work with it so that it's not soggy but moist. Uh, and get those tulip bulbs planted into those pots if you can today. Remember, you're going to put the little pointy ends up, and they're actually going to be just protruding above the lip of the pot. When you plant them in a pot, you plant them differently than you would in the ground. If you're planting them in a pot, you want them to be sitting half out of the ground, sort of. Noses yeah. up, yes, exactly. Definitely noses up. And and of course, flat side down. And then if you, you want the little growth that's showing already to be above above the ground, ground. Just a bit, yeah. exactly. And the other thing, just. If you look closely at a tulip bulb, it's it's got some curved sides and it's got a flat side. There's one side oh, yes, that's I always flat. That. Yes. So the flat yes, side goes against the pot edge. Oh, and okay, that now way, I know what you're saying. The it's first just, leaf yeah, flat comes out flat side, and yeah. it goes down. You didn't know this. So I did not know this. So the first leaf comes up that flat side and flips down and covers the edge of the pot. Well, how about that? We're well, learning. This, this is why I don't play poker. against the pot. Right learn, in my face. Learn something new every yeah, day. So do that today if you can. Yeah, that's really good that they're still alive. And You're then uh, get them in a sunny window. And sunny only window. water as necessary. Feel the soil before you water. And turn, turn, turn. Yeah, and they should start popping flowers for you. Neat. Oh, okay. really? Without even roots? They will grow. As soon as you get them into soil, like minutes later, roots will start to grow. All right. Yep, that's how okay, bulbs can I, work. Can I put, bunch them together? Yes, I have tight. To, like, you want them all touching. Unlike, all touching? Unlike outside, we would never have our bulbs touch in the real world in pots. We jam them in. And then when they're done flowering, let them die back normally. Just keep treating them like a, a regular plant. And then next spring, or this coming spring, you can divide them up and spe- space them out about eight inches and plant them like normal bulbs. In the ground? And then they'll bloom next year. Outside. Yeah. Oh, okay. All That's right. Good, good yeah, luck with thank that. You, very much. you can report back. We <laughs> want to hear how that goes. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks <so> Aldina. <laughs> All right. Our, our last short little break, and we will be right back after this. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right. We have an interesting question coming up from Oakville. Sabrina's on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Sabrina. Good morning. morning. (laughs) Hi, how are you? You're building some shoes, it sounds like. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going my basement. There you go. So what's going on? Yeah, uh, I got the, um, like I bought the gardenia seed for yeah. just for fun to grow. Yes. Gardenia plant. But I tried to, uh, did two times, but it didn't grow. Oh, these are from seed or from plants? Yes, seed. You're oh. jumping into the deep end of the pool. Gardenias are finicky on a good day. Yeah, <laughs> to even try to grow from seed is like way over the top. When I was a, oh. a wee gardener, I tried to grow strelitzia, a bird of paradise yeah, from, from seed. seed. Yeah, no. It takes no. about like, two years to germinate, doesn't I it? I was unsuccessful. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I once tried to grow cactus from seed, and I too was unsuccessful. <laughs> so there you go. Oh. Oh, so, but God. you know what? Gardenias are, as Sean said, they're little, they're finicky at the best of times. Oh. They're nice in the summer, easy to grow outside in our humid, sunny 
sunny, warm summers. Not so easy oh, in the like winter. Out, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I got I got one to bloom once, and it dropped its flower before I saw it. There oh. was a dead flower oh. on the ground. Like, Come on. <laughs> Like, uh, I can try in summer, you are saying? Yeah, try in the summer and try and get a plant. Try and buy a plant. And they are typically for sale right around now, Valentine's Day uh, and through the late winter. Small plants, bigger plants in the spring. And enjoy enjoy for the fragrance. They're just gorgeous. Okay, how do, uh, like, how to take care of them? Sunshine and lots of water. Yeah, yeah, they oh. don't like to dry out at all. Yeah. And they don't like, once they start thinking about blooming, don't fuss with oh. them. Just set, set them be. Don't move yeah, them. They, they don't like to, <laughs> oh, I'm moving. Drop flowers. Drop flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be, you, you got to be quite careful. Treat them like royalty, basically. You just kind of tiptoe around them. But when you oh. get them blooming, they're such a joy. And for stuff from oh. seed, I'd start in the shallower end of the pool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even me, that's a, that's a really tough plant to grow. Okay, okay, okay. And you are saying that I have to put it in the same place all the time if I buy the plant? Uh, well, outside you, you'll be, it'll be easier. It'll be much more easy to keep it alive and happy. Once you bring it in in the fall, you'll need a nice sunny spot, nice big window, oh, and oh. that, and then you would just rotate it in front of the window. Oh, would you say okay. dapple shade? Okay, last year I had the jasmine three, four years, but it died there, so I'm scared oh. to buy another plant. Then I say I can try with the seed, it will grow. Ah, but three or four years? I buy the plant and it's. Yeah, you did better than I did. <laughs> yeah, three or four years is great. Don't, don't beat yourself up. That's great. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thanks so much for calling. Thank you. You know what? We're at a racetrack. We like meaning that that hour just went by. It flies. It always does. Yeah, no kidding. Too much fun. Too exactly too much fun. And thank you so much for coming to to create some fun and add to the fun. And and I learned from you. I always do, and I know my listeners do as well. That's a wonderful thing about gardening. We are always new stuff to learn. It sure is. We never know at all. So (laughs) what? Where are you next? Where are you going to be spreading pearls of wisdom? It's very exciting. On February seventeenth, I'm up in Fergus, Uh and I'm speaking to the Horticultural Society up there at uh, the Victoria Park Senior Center at seven thirty at night. Um, Sonia Day has invited me up. so she must be involved with the Fergus Sport Society. Yeah, Fergus, it's, you've got to pronounce it Fergus Lassie. And you'll be wearing your kilt, I assume. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll try and get one. I'll, I'll look very good in a kilt. I bet with you the new do. Long hair. The new long hair. That's not that new. You've had that long hair for a while. But I guess for you, it's a bit new. <laughs> So we can braid it for you if you oh like. Dear. Oh, All right. So lots going on. Lots coming up. We've got obviously so much big, big thanks again to Sean for coming. It's Sean James of Sean James Design. Consulting and Design. Yeah. Consulting and design. Google him. He jumps right up out of the web there. He got a does. newsletter too. People can oh, sign yeah. up to the newsletter on the website. Oh, that's the Educate tab. Brilliant. We're having fun with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. almost like a um, like a blog. It's just keeping yeah, sure. you updated yeah. on a, what's a, going a on. A friend of mine, Katie, uh, helps me put it together and we, we gather stuff from other horticulturists and articles and all sorts of jazz and, and put it out. It's it's not quite monthly. We haven't managed that yet. Um, there's okay. lots going on. As good as that. And the busy season is yet to come. <laughs> you, boy. But I'll be certainly seeing more of you because I know I'm, I'm going to need your expertise in some of the back area of Always my fun. new property. And uh, and next week, like I said, Frank is still away. Sean, this Sean will not be joining us. We have Sean Patil joining us. And he has much, a lot of experience in retail, most recently at Humber Nurseries and now works for the city of Toronto. So looking forward to seeing him. And thank you again, Duncan, Carlos, Sean James. Couldn't have done any of it without you. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.